When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. And this one is my watch list for game week three. So I'm going to go through some of the players that have either caught my eye and or have good upcoming fixtures. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And make sure to check out Fantasy Football Hub. They're still up to 50% off at the moment. All the links you need to get signed up are in the description below. So despite the 3-1 loss to West Ham, when a £4 million defender lines up for a team like Chelsea, it's difficult to not take notice of that. And that is, of course, Malo Gusto, who played as the right back while Reese James is injured. And he's owned by just 2.4% of all FPL managers. And if you've been following along, and it would have been hard to miss because I've mentioned it in pretty much every single video, Chelsea do have some nice upcoming fixtures, starting with back-to-back -back home games against Luton and Nottingham Forest. Then it's Bournemouth away, Villa at home, Fulham away, and Burnley away, right up until game week eight. So even though they didn't defend well against West Ham... It's hard to see how they don't pick up clean sheets with the fixtures that they have. To the point where if Everton had these same six game weeks, I'd even back them for one or two clean sheets. So I think Chelsea will be fine. And Gusto at 4 million represents really good value, allows you to spend money elsewhere. So there's no real reason not to bring him in. Although it is worth noting, he is only in the team because Reese James is injured. And once he's fully fit, he'll be back into the start 11 and Gusto will be moved to the bench. Now, how long that is until he's back, Reese James. We don't know. Pochettino did say before game week two that he was going to be out for a few weeks. Now, Ten Hag last season said something very similar about Bruno Fernandes, and the FPL community spent a long time discussing how long a few weeks is. I would usually say like three to four weeks. So that's the kind of time frame where Reese James might make his return. Obviously, he does have a long history of injury, so it might be that Pochettino integra uh, integrates him back into the team a little bit slower just to manage him, especially if Gusto's doing well. But let's just say for now, three to four weeks. If you look at the fixtures that Chelsea have, the Luton game is on the 25th of August. The Forest game is on the 2nd of September. The Bournemouth away game in game week five isn't until the 17th of September because of the international break. Now, at the time recording, that is 27 days away, plus the time that Reese James has already missed out. That's just over four weeks. So by game week five, maybe game week six... Reese James could potentially be making a return, which would leave Gusto as a very short-term transfer for Luton at home, Forest at home, maybe Bournemouth away, possibly Villa at home as well. And to be honest, with those fixtures and for four million, it's maybe not the end of the world. The only reason I would say to be cautious is if you're someone that thinks they might triple up on Chelsea. Now, after their performance against West Ham, you're probably thinking you don't want to do that. But the narrative, if they have a good game against Luton, will quickly switch again 
and then you look at the fixtures afterwards, you might suddenly want one, two, maybe even three Chelsea players, like Sanchez in goal, Chilwell. Obviously, Sterling looked really good against West Ham, especially in the first half. If a midfielder of yours gets injured, maybe he'd be worth looking at. Jackson as well. All of a sudden, that's four players outside of Gusto that you might want. And obviously, he would block that. And if James comes back, you've then got a Chelsea player on your bench that's not going to play. Now, I know some people will be thinking, I'll just leave him there because if Reese James gets injured again, I can just play him. And I don't think that's the worst tactic, especially if you're, you're kind of against or not looking to go for triple Chelsea. So I think for a lot of people watching this, they're not going to want that triple up, in which case Gusto is fine. But if you think you would, I'd maybe be cautious about bringing him in. And also, once James comes back... If, the, if he comes back and the fixtures still look good for Chelsea, you might want to bring him in as well. And Gusto could block that. Now, obviously, he's a defender. So if you wanted to bring James in, you could just swap Gusto for Reese James. But there's a difference of 1.5 million, possibly 1.4 million soon when James goes down in price. And you might not have that money to spend. Whereas if you didn't have Gusto on the bench, you could change one of your other 5 million pound defenders to James for just 0.4 or 0.5 million. I know I'm talking about scenarios which probably won't matter or won't happen in the next few game weeks, but it is worth thinking about. The other thing is a lot of people have got pretty good defences. So my team for this week is Chilwell, Eshapinian against West Ham at home and Saliba against Fulham at home. I don't really need another defender in there. So if I bring Gusto in, I'd have to bench Saliba or Eshapinian and I don't really want to do that. So at that point, I'm putting the Gusto transfer off until game week four. And then obviously you've got one of the good fixtures missed, right? So you've missed Luton at home. You're buying him for Nottingham Forest at home. So you're losing good fixtures, but you're also getting one step closer to when Reese James is back. So for me, Gusto is firmly on the watch list because it's hard to ignore a £4 million defender. But I don't think he has become essential or must-have or anything like that. And also, unless you want Salah... There's not really too many players to enable anyway. There's lots of money to go around. So I like him, especially if you've got a defender that's maybe injured or a rotation threat or something like that. But for my team, I'm not sure he fits in right now. And I guess because of that, I'm happy to give him another week to see if Pochettino possibly mixes things up because Chilwell's played left wing the last two games. If he plays left back at any point, it might be that Pochettino shifts the centre-backs over so that Colwell plays left centre-back Dizazi, uh, sorry, Thiago Silva plays right centre-back and Dizazi maybe plays on that right-back position instead. For what it's worth, that could probably be overthinking. I presume that Gusto will continue to start. But for someone like me where the defence looks pretty good, there's no need to rush it. You can just wait until game week four and hopefully get an update on how long James is going to be out for. Because if it starts being like six, seven, eight game weeks, then I'm much more interested in Gusto. So he looks good. That 2.4% ownership is definitely going to get bigger this week. So speaking of the narrative changing very quickly in FPL, let's talk about Phil Foden. Because last week when I was doing the game week preview and final thoughts, I got a lot of questions about him ahead of Newcastle at home. Is he going to start and is he worth keeping hold of? Flash forward a few days and it's like he's reached near essential status for our FPL teams because of one good performance against Newcastle and I don't want to downplay it he was absolutely fantastic in that game but I'm not sure we really learned anything new we already knew Foden was fantastic it's just about whether or not he gets the minutes that's always the key question and some people are now saying well De Bruyne is out so his minutes go up I fully agree but guess what De Bruyne was injured before Newcastle and it didn't stop people questioning whether or not he was going to start why 
He's a Man City player, right? And we've seen this many times before. You could say he was so good in that Newcastle game. How can Pep Guardiola drop him? Well, I'll give you the answer. It's Pep Guardiola. and We've seen this loads of times before. So there are still some question marks. But for what it's worth, because it probably sounds like I think he's a bad option, I do think he'll get good starts in the short term. I also thought he was going to start against Newcastle at home. And so if you're looking for a punt or you need to change one of your midfielders, you should probably look at him. Sheffield United away, Fulham at home. There's every chance that he'll start both of those games. My main issue is in the long term, I'm not sure how much money I'd be willing to bet on that. I think right now with Bernardo Silva a doubt, no new signings in the transfer window, things look really good for Foden. But even if they didn't sign anyone, right, and let's say Bernardo Silva's fit, he could play on the right. And of course, Foden could play centrally. But if we think about how they line up on paper, I'm not going to go into, you know, in possession tactics, etc. But on paper, Rodri is the six, and then they've got two number eights. Well, Foden and Alvarez could be the two, but Kovacic is already getting minutes as well. And if Cole Palmer stays and he gets some time on the right, because he's impressed so far during this season, then Bernardo Silva could play central. And then you've got another player that can play in those roles. And that's before they sign anyone. And I'd be really surprised if the transfer window shuts and Man City don't sign a new player. And even if it's a winger that doesn't directly compete with those central spots... That does mean that if that winger plays, Bernardo Silva is free to go and play central. And then suddenly you've got Foden, Kovacic, uh, Bernardo Silva and Alvarez that are all competing for two spots. And just because Foden's played well, it does not mean that he will continue to start. So that's my worry. And I know people will say, well, new signings won't necessarily come straight into the side. But we have seen times when that's happened. Jack Grealish, when he signed, played a lot of games straight away. I think if I asked you about Vardio right now, most of you would probably say he's going to continue to play. He's only just signed. Kovacic has already started a few games as well. So it's not necessarily the case that a new signing comes in and just doesn't start. So I think in the short term, Sheffield United away, Fulham at home, Foden's great. If you get West Ham away and Forest at home, happy days, right? He may well get enough points there where it doesn't matter if he's not a good long-term pick. But I don't think he's now suddenly essential. That's my main overarching point here. He... Like lots of players, Alvarez, Diaz, Jota, Nunez, are fantastic if they get minutes. That's always the key question. If you think he's going to start the next three to four games and you need a new midfielder, he's definitely worth looking at. Again, a bit like the defence. If I look at my team, Fulham at home and Burmo, sorry, Saka at home to Fulham uh, and Martinelli at home to Fulham and Burmo at home to Crystal Palace and then Rashford and Fernandez against Forest at home. It's hard to make a case to take any of them out. And so I don't really need Foden. But if something happens to one of those players, then I may even look at him myself, right? I know I've said I want to avoid minutes risk, but I think in the short term, he's not that much of a risk. Longer term, he probably still is. So as you know, I already own Brian in Burmo, but I don't think a double up on their attack with Johan Wisser is completely out of the question, given how good the Brentford fixtures are. So like Chelsea, they got back-to-back home games. For Brentford, it's Crystal Palace and Bournemouth. Then it's Newcastle away, which is the toughest game of the next five. Then it's Everton at home. Terrible defence. I don't think that's going to improve anytime soon. Then it's Nottingham Forest away in game week seven. So things look pretty good. The thing I'm struggling to get my head around this season is Wissa represents really good value at 6.1 million. But what do I need the money for? My only premium is Haaland. I've got no plans to get Salah until game week nine at the earliest. For what it's worth, if you've got Salah and you're happy with the structure of your squad, you should keep him. But because I don't have him, I don't really have any plans to get him. That might change. I might need money for Trippier or something like that soon. But right now, I don't need to worry about having loads of good value players like Wissa and Gusto. But on the flip side... I should really fairly weigh him up against the other options that I might bring in. So if I take Watkins out, I'd be looking at Jackson or Alvarez or Wissa. 
and automatically we go for the most expensive player right so nicholas jackson would be top of the list and he probably will be the one that i bring in but i should really think about wisser even if i don't need the money right now and i think with brentford yes they've lost tony but they've looked really good and you could say well that's because they've had two really good fixtures although one was spurs to be fair but that's great. They've got really good fixtures to come as well. And I just think, and I said this pre-season, that Thomas Frank and Brentford, they just know how they want to play. And everyone is fully aware of how that works. And that's why in the first two matches, from an attacking sense, they've done really well. And I think that will continue. So for that reason, Wissam might be better than a Jackson, where Chelsea is still in transition. Loads of new players, new manager. Maybe that's not going to work out too well. Maybe Jackson wasn't supposed to be the out and out number nine but because they haven't got anyone else he has to be played there are concerns about Chelsea again that's probably still where I'll go but maybe I'm not giving Wissa a fair kind of chance and obviously with Alvarez you got the same thing around minutes now one of the reasons that I went for in Burmo is because of penalties and one of the reasons I didn't go for Wissa is because I was worried about rotation and that could still happen they got a lot of players that can play in his position and that's why he's been subbed off early in both the games so far. So he played 71 minutes against Spurs and 78 against Fulham. The transfer window's still open. Brentford may well go and sign another striker. Although, given how Inverno and Wissa are playing, they might not feel like they need that now. So there are some concerns around Wissa as well. But I think in terms of how quickly teams have clicked and attacked without you know key players, like Tony for Brentford, for example, and Chelsea with loads of new ones, Brentford are looking better at the moment. So for that reason, I will look at Wissa. And also... I looked on Fantasy Football Hub. Again, if you want to check this out for yourself, links in the description below. So far in the first few fixtures for non-penalty expected goals, uh, let me just bring the list up here. This is total, not per 90 minutes. Wiss is at 1.42 in two matches. No penalties, because obviously Inbermo takes them. That puts him second, only behind March and Morpay, who we know is a terrible finisher. So in terms of getting chances... He's getting a lot. That's even more than Isaac with 1.35. Although, obviously, granted that Isaac has had to play Man City. So, things look pretty good. Is he going to keep getting that every single game? No. But for 6.1 million, he is a fantastic option. And that money might come in handy later on. I still think because it was my initial thought, Jackson is still my preferred transfer. But if there's any of you out there looking for a cheaper player at 6.1, I think you could easily bring him in now. Hope they don't sign a new striker. Hope that he keeps starting. And you don't really have to worry about him until game week seven. Look, I know what you're thinking. I spent the first two game weeks talking about how I didn't want any minutes risks in my team. And all of a sudden, I've got Phil Foden on the watch list. And now I'm about to talk about Ruben Diaz as well. But in the case of Diaz, something has changed. And that's the injury to Reese James. Originally, he was the 5.5 million defender that I wanted. He's no longer available. And unless I want to use a Chelsea spot up on Gusto, I've got to look elsewhere. And why not look to target the best defense in the league? And I think minutes-wise, Diaz is probably right up there as one of the top options I know I very rarely talk about a Kanji and he always seems to start and that could continue but if I'm betting money on who's going to get the most minutes over the next four to five game weeks Ruben Diaz is always going to be right up there so I'm not against going for him I don't really need him in game week three for Sheffield United away because as I've already discussed Saliba, Estepinian and Chilwell have all got really good fixtures but from game week four onwards I could possibly use him Estepinian's got Newcastle at home then it's Man United away in game week five uh, Saliba in game week four is Man United at home as well and I know Man United haven't clicked so far and scored many goals only one total in the first two games but they're one of the top teams in terms of expected goals generated the goals are going to come eventually 
So if I could bench Saliba in game week four and play Diaz against Fulham at home, that would be something I would consider. So probably not going to come in this week, maybe in game week four. I wouldn't want to leave it too much longer than that. I think if I if I want a Man City defender, they have to come in sooner rather than later because longer term, the fixtures get a bit trickier. So you've got Sheffield United away, Fulham at home, like I've just discussed. Then it's West Ham away, Forest at home, Wolves away. So for the next five game weeks up until game week seven, it looks pretty good. But then between game weeks eight and 14, they play Arsenal away, Brighton at home, Man United away, Chelsea away, Liverpool at home, and Spurs at home. All six of those teams could easily score. Well, maybe not easily, but they're all capable of scoring against Man City. The only easy fixture after game week seven is Bournemouth at home, and that's not until game week 11. So I think for Man City, like I said, it's sooner rather than later. If I get to game week five or six, and I still don't own one, I'll probably just ignore them, because by that point, the Champions League will have started up. John Stones could be back from injury as well. And then suddenly the minutes, even of someone like Diaz, are a little bit more worrying. I guess if you do bring them in and you get to those more difficult fixtures, it's not the end of the world if you have to play them because they are always difficult to break down. But I think even with Man City, you've got to target the good fixtures. So Diaz firmly on the watch list, not for game week three. He's someone I'll eye up in game week four. And I'm hoping to have the money to do that because I'm probably going to drop Watkins down to Wissa, Alvarez or Jackson, which I'll talk about in the team selection video later this week. So I'm going to leave that one there. Let me know in the comments below who you have added to your watch list for game week three. And if you've enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button. Help me hit 375,000 before the international break. And if you listen on podcasts and have been enjoying the content, please do rate five stars on whichever platform you're listening to. Otherwise, I will leave it there. All the links you need for Fantasy Football Hub are in the description below. And I'll catch you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.